this week's guest is Ali Kudoba, who currently lives in Waterloo, Ontario. We talk with Ali about her start in the industry when she got her first job working as a barista while still in high school. We then discuss about Ali's time spent working out in Western Canada in Whistler, BC, followed up by a move to Australia. After a while, realizing that a backpacker lifestyle wasn't as glamorous as it seemed and the comfort of being closer to her family helped motivate Allie to eventually move back home. In due course, Allie got a job at the Bauer Kitchen and worked her way up to head bartender, which is where you'll find her today. We also talked with Allie about starting her own side hustle during lockdown. Under the name Alchemist Allie, she started hosting online mixology courses through Zoom, paired with cocktail kits and bar tools. You can check her out on Instagram at alchemist.ally, and Ally is spelt A-L-I-E. You can also find the link to Ally's Instagram in the show notes as well. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. This is Dan. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing very well, thanks. And yourself? How are things going with you? Good. Solid. Wonderful. Except for this fucking idiots who... Um, are taking out their vaccination problems on the, or their lack of vaccination problems on the bars and restaurants. Have you seen some of these Reddit posts? I have, and as a matter of fact, I have. It's People who want to call up and take a, put it in a pickup order, but not pick it up. Yeah, and then post a bad review, because bars and restaurants have been doing so great already during this pandemic. Yeah. I think it's really appropriate that you take it out on them and not, you know, the government who's forcing us to do it. Yeah, 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 there's no lack, there's complete lack of common sense in this. A lot of fucking stupid people. Mm-hmm. It sure is. They will never let you down, the stupid people. <laughs> At least they're consistent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, we have a great guest as usual. Ali Kadoba is going to be joining us very shortly. But before we get to that, we should take care of some housekeeping, which is if you like the show and you want to be on it, then you should either email us at info at, industry, at the industry podcast dot club. I'm going to get that right one of these yeah, days. You got it right, actually, the last few times. Yeah. I'm killing it. Yeah. Killing it. I'm really improving. Or they can also reach us on Instagram at the industry podcast. That's all it is. That's Perfect. it. Yeah, DM us right there. Uh, also, you should subscribe, rate, and review the show. That helps out a lot. Oh, we were going to read reviews, but we, I don't think we got any. Oh, shit, no. Did I you didn't, check? No, okay. fuck I'll, that. I'll, I'll let you do the research uh, was, while we continue here. I've been pretty drunk the last few days. <laughs> uh, weren't you working for me one of those days? <laughs> mm, mm, maybe. <laughs> Uh, okay, great. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, that helps us out a great deal. And as always, thanks to Zach Hanna at Zach Hanna Design for the artwork. You should check out his work as well. I think that's pretty much all we got to say about that shit. Yeah. Actually, one thing. If you want to check out the archives, we got a lot of shows. This is that's episode right. number 80. 80? Woo. So we're moving on up. How do we fucking make it to 80? Uh, I don't know. That's about, like I said, about 79 more episodes than most people assume. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> us included. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, without, oh, well, who do we have lately in the archives? Do you want to run through it? For sure. Me? David Hudima. Yeah. And then Stacey Anderson prior to that. Uh, Daphne uh, Valley Deshay. Jamie Johnson. We had Clayton's Cocktails from the UK, which is a great one. Beth Havers. Laura Nielsen. In episode number 72, one of my favorites, responding to online comments and reviews. Oh, yeah. yeah. remember that one. So John, John Rennie prior to that one. So that was great. All right. So check those all out in our archives. And again, one more time, subscribe, rate, and review. It's easy to do. It helps us a lot. Sure does. Okay. Now to this week's guest, Ali Kadova. How are you doing, Ali? I'm excellent. How oh, are you? good. We're great. This is exciting because we're doing a, an in-person uh, recording for a change. We've been doing everything over Zoom for a very long time. Yes. So, yeah. So if you, so this is a, this is a brave new world of vaccinated <laughs> people. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. No, I wanted to do it in person because I feel like on Zoom, you don't vibe off people's energies, mm-hmm. you know? My energy is really low and bad, so I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully the fireball will help. (laughs) Yes, that that got us going. Okay, so let's uh, start by talking about how you first got into the industry. You started as a barista, correct? Yes, Mm -hmm. I did. At first at Williams Coffee Pub, which I think there's only one left. Was that the, were you at the one at the University uh, Plaza? No, on Fairway Road. And I think that might be the only one left. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got fired from there, though. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I, was, I think I was 
16, 15 or 16, and I just didn't want to work. Mm. So I stopped, like, showing up, giving away shifts. And one day, I gave away a shift, and I went to Wonderland. And my <laughs> boss called me. He's like, I think, like, you don't need to come back to work. And I was like, okay, sick. I'm going to stay here. Oh, perfect. Well, at least yeah. they called you up and let you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then from there, um, I got a job at Second Cup in Fairview Mall. And, yeah, that's when... I started working in like fast-paced serving environments. It was Christmas all the time, like not all the time, pardon me. It was Christmas season and be so busy. There'd be two people on the espresso machine. And I feel like baristas are kind of, they're bartenders, mm-hmm. just not serving alcohol, they're serving coffee, but you still learn that fast-paced service. And then from there, when I turned 18, I was like, well, F this. I'm going to do the same thing, but get paid way more money for it. Right. And then I started at Molly Bloom's on yeah. Manitou. Molly Bloom on Manitou. Yeah. Oh, right on the corner there. Yeah. Right now where like, the TD is and yeah, the MBC they, and all they that They tore it all down and it's yeah, like a yeah, huge... Yeah. Yeah. It was right beside the stag shop almost. Or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Did you guys stag. ever go there? Stag shop, yes. I don't think I ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh. <laughs> I don't think I ever went to Molly Blooms, did you? Not way down there, no, because it was just too far out. Yeah. You know, like right. The, and I grew up like Chicopee area, oh, okay. so. And it's basically it uh, just like an Irish pub, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, D- there, dive a, bar, though. For I didn't sure. need to get all the way out there because there's one in every fucking corner. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we had the Molly Blooms over by uh, at the University Plazas as well. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that one's still there. Oh, shit. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah, the Irish pubs will survive, outlast us all. Yeah. It's the only thing that can handle COVID. Seriously. <laughs> um, okay, so talk to us about working there. Was it like, what was your crowd like mostly? Like my dad's friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my dad is like a, well, grew up, he's not a biker anymore, but he rode Harley um, growing up. So I was used to that crew. Mm-hmm. That's what I always grew up around. And yeah, it was all like, I don't want to call them barflies. But that's a good word for yeah. them. Yeah, like <laughs> regulars fully. Right. And then on Tuesdays, we had um, college night. Oh. So Conestoga College kids yeah. would come down. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. What do you get for college night? Cheap booze? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything was cheap there. Right. I mean, they did a lot of UFC fights. The first time I ever seen a UFC fight, actually, was at Molly's working. And I remember seeing blood on the what would you call it, ring? And sure. I was like, what? <laughs> like, they fight each other and they bleed. I couldn't believe it. I was very sheltered growing up and I saw a lot of a lot of shit at Molly's. Why sure. are you so sheltered? Is your family religious? No, my dad's a biker. <laughs> oh, right. I think my, he just really protected me. Yeah, and yeah. I, yeah. Even still to this day, I don't like to expose myself to like scary you shouldn't like, expose yourself no. anyway. <laughs> no, like even like Ryan's like, oh, we need to watch, what's that show you were just watching, Squid Game? Have you guys seen that? Squid Game? Yeah, no. What and the I'm hell like, is that? no, it's on Netflix. Oh, and yeah. it's violent. Oh. Very violent. I'm like, I'm not watching this. Like, I'm watching Real Housewives of New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I watched. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of stuff I saw at 18. I started when I was 18, too. So, I couldn't even drink in the place I was working. How'd you get that job? I walked in. I think they were just desperate. Oh, yeah. Like how anyone's getting a job these days. Right, yeah. That's all you have to do is walk in. There's no doubt about that. No, seriously. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's kind of... Um, so I worked at a place similar to that in that it was like a lot of barflies, a lot of regulars. Um, yeah. What, it, do you, did you find that after a while... How long did you work there? I worked there on and off, I think, for three years. Because it was two years, and then from there we moved to Whistler. And then... After Whistler, I wanted to move to Australia, so I needed to come back home, live at home, and save for six months. So then I worked there for that right. that time before I left to Whistler. So did you or, fi- sorry, Australia. Did you find that you got sick of their faces after a while? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> no, for I was sure. Like, I, like, they were a lot, a lot of them like, I, that I served were, like, great people, but, mm-hmm. like, I just, I can't look at your fucking face another day. Like, no. go get a hobby. And also, like, <laughs> you would see kind of... Like, maybe alcoholism a little bit. Yeah. You know, especially the location I was at. There's a lot of low-income housing around there. So, 
I remember back then you had to pay for your walkouts. Like mm. if someone walked out on a bill, yeah, I was in charge of that. Oh, that's always a nice touch from the ownership. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that's legal anymore. I don't think it ever was. No. Uh, really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Maybe cut that out. Pretty sure, yeah, pretty sure it still happens a lot. Though. Yeah. And so I remember being traumatized one night. Like someone walked out on a $300 bill and my Ooh. whole evening had to pay for their bill. So yeah, that irritated me a lot. No regulars would do that because obviously they want to yeah. come Back. Back. Um, but we would start taking IDs. Right. In, we, we used to oh, um, wow. we used to have at at Ethel's when I worked there the, the, like a fund for the walkouts because they wanted right. us to pay for it as well. And so like the every the servers would throw some in the fund at the end end of every shift. And but you think about that like that's fucking ridiculous. Like why were why are we yeah. paying for walkouts? <laughs> yeah, I go to work to make money. Like everyone's working for a different reason. I don't need to be paying for some loser's check. Yeah, at exactly. the end of the night. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then you go out to Whistler, um, and why did you make that move? Well, I um, was 20, and I wasn't going to school, and I think I thought, okay, I need to do something other than like work at Molly's and Kitchener. Mm-hmm. And my friend, a big snowboarder, she wanted to move out there, and I was like, well, I'll, I'll come with you. And I had a roommate at the time, actually one of my best friends still, her name's Sasha. I met her at Molly's. Like We both worked there together. And um, I told her, you know, next month's my last month. And she's like, well, I'm coming with you, too. So the three of us went out to Whistler just because Jessica wanted to snowboard. (laughs) And um, they had, at the time, um, like a job fair at the Walper Hotel. So we went, and I originally wanted to bartend or serve there. Um, but you needed three years minimum experience. I was only 20, so I only had mm-hmm. two years experience. So um, I couldn't get hired bartending. But again, I barista at a mountain coffee shop, like right at the bottom of the uh, peak chair. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like working for the mountain was awesome because you got a free um, mountain pass, which is like a thousand bucks a year um, accommodation. So we lived in staff housing. So it was kind of like my college experience, but... I didn't have any homework, so it was so much fun. Um, Yeah, and I served a bunch of, like, famous people at that. Um, What's that guy's name from Entourage? The main character. Oh. So famous, I don't know his name. All I know about that guy... Adrian, yeah. Yeah, that guy... The only thing I know about that guy is... It's ironic that he plays this famous actor on that show. And nobody he, knows him. But he also can't fucking act. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's the yeah, worst actor. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he would come by. Who else? Um, Gene Simmons' daughter. Oh. She was there. Gene Simmons lives out there. Yeah. Gene Simmons doesn't drink, though, right? Oh, but it was a No, he doesn't. Shop. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a coffee shop. And did you snowboard? Just learn how to snowboard? No, so I got free lessons. The mountain gave you free lessons. But I'm the kind of person, if I'm not good at something, I'm not doing it. For the longest time, I hated going bowling. Like, I wouldn't go bowling (laughs) because I'm like, I'm not good. And it's not fun for me. So I'm 20 trying to learn how to snowboard on the biggest mountain in Canada. It was tough. Like, even their Olympic chair, which is their, like, easy mountain, it's it was hard, and there you fall into snow, and it's like up to your shoulders. You can't get out. You're stuck on the snowboard. <laughs> Eventually, I was like, "I'll just meet you guys at Apre. Like, I'll sleep in. You guys get up, go snowboarding. I'll sleep in, and I'll meet you at three o'clock at the bar." Yeah, it doesn't sound <laughs> fun to me either. Like, no, I, it, it hurts the first year. Like, I learned yeah. I learned how to snowboard at Chicopee of all places. Yeah, and I love it, but it, it hurts the first. first it does. Year. It really hurts, man. Yeah, muscles you didn't even know you had. Yeah. And then after that, once you learn how to fall. And I think, funny. too... It sounds fucking terrible. Yeah, in the snow. Do it. Like, no, thank you. Also, it's scary. Like, we had to go to... Um, they had this whole meeting. For anyone who's employed by Whistler Mountain, they all had to go to this meeting, and they talked about Mother Nature and how, like, you can die on the mountain. And I was like, uh, <laughs> no, no, thank yeah, you. I remember my first time out west, and we were going up with this chairlift, and they were doing avalanche blasting. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so like, like, those are real I'm out like, yeah, here? They just set up dynamite. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they talked about like tree wells, which do you know what a tree well is? No. It's when the arms of the tree, like it snows on top of that, and you're snowboarding beside it. You think the tree is this tall, but really uh, it goes yeah. beneath the snow, and then you can fall under the arms of the tree, and like it's impossible to get out. So you just wait. 
That's, to die. Again, none of this sounds No, fun at all. and I'm so inexperienced. I don't yeah. even think I had the right snowboard for me. Like my manager at the time gave me her old snowboard, but you really have to be like sized out for your snowboard. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just gave up and just partied. Yeah, there. it sounds like you made the right move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So you go back, you come back to uh, KW, and you're back at Molly Blooms for a bit, and then you're trying to go to Australia. Yeah. So living in Whistler, I met an Australian, as everyone does. They right. call it Australia. <laughs> um, and I thought I was in love. So he was like, okay, you need to, like, come see where I'm from. And I was like, okay, sweet. Like, free accommodation in Australia. Let's do this. Mm. So I come back to Molly Blooms. I worked. And then um, made enough money to book my flight to Australia. That flight's crazy. Have you ever flown I have that long? flown to Australia, yes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It sucks. I, yeah. <laughs> also, because I'm pretty tall and, like, and yeah. I can only afford fucking coach, of course. That's but, right. Yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> Even that ticket's, like, two grand. It's yeah. insane. I yeah. feel like if I were to ever go back to Australia, I will save up for. I feel like you never really need to go back. No. Like. <laughs> the only reason that I would want to is just to show to Ryan. Show your present, your, your, your new and improved boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, like, I liked Australia. It's beautiful and everything. But mm -hmm. like, once you've seen it, you've kind of seen it. And like, it's just, it's very much just like North America, except like with different landscape. And yeah. Different weather wildlife. and different, yeah. yeah, different wildlife for sure. Yeah. I'll never forget the first huntsman spider I saw. Oh my god! <laughs> what I remember was the size of the like everything is just majestic there because it's like they have so much land to grow to, and you like you know the creatures grow to their climate, right? So, yeah. Like even like the birds were massive. Like, yeah. Just massive birds. Um, the kookaburras or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that I don't right. Know. Well, I remember we got surrounded by a bunch of birds while we were camping one day, and I was fucking terrified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Flapping. That's like my worst yeah, nightmare. Yeah, and it just kept like, the circle just kept getting closer and closer when we were eating out there, and I was like, this is not going to end well. With no. <laughs> and the service in Australia is different, eh? It's like well, Arabella get, Park. You know how you go yeah. up, you order, and then sit down? That was like everywhere. Yes, and they don't tip either. That's a no, like, totally no, no. tip country. No, I yeah. did receive some tips because I lived in Malulaba, which is on the Sunshine Coast of Queensland, and it's a very tourist town. So if you were from America sure. or Canada, then I think I averaged something like 80 bucks a week in tips. Yeah, a week, yeah. Yeah, That's so it. nothing compared to, obviously, what we make here. But right. they did pay you more on Sundays. To work there, which I liked. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, what was the hourly wage when you were there for? I want to say something like twenty-two or right. twenty-four an hour, and then like twenty-six on Sundays. Yeah, so that's good. But this was a while ago, yeah. so I could so be misquoting like, myself. Yeah, in the thirties by now. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, what was the bar like that you worked there? So, in order to have your visa, you had to work somewhere for six months and then move on. Like, they won't let you keep one job. So, the first place I worked was called the fourth floor. And it, you took an elevator up to the fourth floor and opened up. It was fine dining. And I bartended there. I didn't serve. Um, and it's weird. I don't know if you can say the same, but the bars there, no one sits at the bar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, even when, not at that bar that I worked at, it was more fine dining, so you kind of expect it. But right. even, like, when we would go out, no, there was no chairs at the bar. You would go up to the bar and order, but then everyone, it was table seating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. at least were my experience with it yeah, was. Yeah, like, uh, it was a long time ago that I was there, but I think that that's what I recall, too, because I like to sit at the bar. Like, Same. Like, those guys always want to sit at a bar. Me, so, too. Yeah, but I remember only sitting at tables while I was there, so mm -hmm. certainly wasn't by my choice. No, <laughs> and I like the bar too. I feel like you get first of all get better service mm -hmm. because it's the bartender's right there, hopefully, and then it's just a better atmosphere. Yeah. So yeah, I worked at the fourth floor and just bartended, and it was just it was mostly wine. Like Australians love their wine. Mm -hmm. And it's nice because all Australian wine is twist off. Right. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> it was nice and quick, and like some. Lame cocktails, like um, daiquiris, like blended drinks. They love their blended drinks. But I liked it because I would do lunch service, and then I would work a split. In those three hours, I would just go hang out at the beach. Right. And then just yeah. come back to work. Yeah, that sounds yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 And then where did you work after that? And then I worked at this place called Agello's, which was a pizza place, restaurant, pizza restaurant. And it was owned by um, a famous rugby player. Oh. Or Australian rugby. What is it called? 
football. Australian rules football. Yeah, yeah. Aussie rules. Yeah. yeah. So it was cool. Just like a cool culture Is thing this for thing me. Is a famous Aussie rules football player? He was, well, he was famous for them. People would come and like take photos and dine there just to see him. Oh, I really? had no clue who he was. was. The guy who played for the 49ers a couple years ago. He tried like to be a running back. He was like the number oh, one that's star. that's right. I remember that. I can't guy. remember his name because yeah. well, he's not famous. Yeah, but honestly, <laughs> <laughs> he's not famous. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So that's a. Um, so uh, that place was obviously pretty busy, at least then. Oh yeah, like yeah. both these restaurants were right on the water, again awesome. in the tourist town. Yeah. So how was, long were you there for total? A year. Did you try surfing? No. So you tried snowboarding, but not surfing. Surfing is way better. Yeah. No. You know why I didn't try surfing? My first time in the ocean there, um, my boyfriend at the time kind of gives you the rundown. Like, okay, if a wave takes you, don't fight it. You just go with it. It's fun. Yeah. Go yeah. with it, and like you'll it'll eventually spit you back out. But if you fight it, yeah. like. That one's awesome. Oh, I tell you, yeah, so when scary. you wipe out when you're surfing, though, it's like, it's kind of like a little roller coaster ride beneath the waves. Like yeah, it's, no, it's, see, it's, that sounds terrifying <laughs> to me. I and like it was. That. Like, I'll never forget the first time a wave took me. I came out, I just started bawling. <laughs> I, I don't like to be scared, guys. I knocked myself out cold. <laughs> I was, we, I w- it was myself and three of other friends and we were all trying to sort of teach each other how to surf like we didn't take any instruction we we're just like let's just we just it out. got this it's easy and <laughs> so i was standing and you know how like the board you have the like the rope that ties you around your ankle or whatever and i was standing holding my board at the um talking to my friend about like how i had wiped out and why or whatever because we, we're trying to learn from each other and for some reason i let the board go it to show him to describe it with my hands. I'm a bit of a hand talker, and, right. and then he <laughs> you don't say. a fucking wave came at some point and pitched my board right into the bottom oh of my, my jaw. God. And I was just like out fucking cold. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Did you actually get knocked out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long were you out for? I don't know. My buddy resuscitated me. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank God that he was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's terrifying for me. Yeah. I would just go in the water, and then I would make sure I wasn't the furthest out, so that if a shark came, I would at least not be first, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I would make sure I could swim faster than everyone I went in there with. <laughs> yeah. I did get stung by a jellyfish while I was there. Oh, though. did you? Did you have to pee on it? No, there was a lifeguard and he put something he on, on it. it. No, he, <laughs> no. He put something on it. I forget what. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so it's, it's a fun spot way to spend a year of your life. Oh, Especially yeah. Just bartending. And I didn't work while I was there, but like uh, I spent a lot of time in bars. But mm-hmm. <laughs> How long were you there for? Ah. Uh, Two months, I think, was all. Yeah, you have yeah. to make it worth it. Yeah. You got to go for more than a Yeah, month. exactly. I should have come for longer. Okay, so you there for about a year. Mm-hmm. Then you come back here. And then where did you work after you got back to town? So from um, Australia, I broke up with um, said boyfriend. Right, and is that why you came back? Or? Yeah, so yeah. he was like, it's so funny how the grass is always greener. He was like, okay, I'm leaving Australia and I'm going to go to Japan and ski. Um, do you want to come with me? And I was like, no, I don't like skiing. Like, <laughs> we just dated for almost two years. You don't know me by now. Like, I don't want to go live in Japan at a ski resort. Like, right. it's one thing to do it in Canada, but another thing to do it in mm. Japan. So we just basically decided, you know, our lives are going separate ways. And I moved back actually to Whistler in July and I got a job at Earl's and the manager at Earl's was like, okay, great. You're hired, but we can't like take you on until September because it's summer. It's dead season. It's not busy enough. And I was like, okay, no problem. And then I was like partying in Whistler and spending all my money and had no money. Call my mom in August and I'm like, mom, can you send me some money? Like, I just need to make it to September. And she's like, no, you're 21. Like if you, that's a good life lesson. Yeah. She's like, I'm not sending you money. If you can't handle it, then you need to come home, live at home and then save up for six months and go back. I was like, fine, whatever. (laughs) Like fly home. I come home and then I get the job at Bauer and James, who, you know, it was yep. my cousin. So he got me the job at Bauer, and I was James like... James is your cousin? Well, he married my cousin. Oh, yeah. his so first wife. He's yeah. like my ex-cousin, I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> his first wife, his only wife. He's not married again. No. That's true. <laughs> I guess he's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, Sherry's my cousin, so I just got say it. cousin. So he got me the job. He was a sous chef at the time. And I my plan was to stay there for six months and then book it back to Whistler and retake my job at Earl's. Mm-hmm. And um, 
startup hour and my niece will Harper she was born mm-hmm. um, James is James and Sherry's daughter and I was right. like oh I can't leave like it was just you know what like I living in Australia we went traveling to Thailand and then I came home and I did like Burning Man and I thought that that was the life for me like I wanted to be this backpacker who just like bartended all over the world and sounds glamorous yeah and then you're in it yeah (laughs) and then you're in it and I realized like I don't feel safe doing this shit and it's not for me so I think coming home and like having a niece be born and like being with my family I was like oh this actually feels much better Mm -hmm. I I looked at that glamorous life, as you said, and I was like, this is what I want, and then I lived it, and I was like, mm, this is not what I want. Right. I don't like it. And so came home, yeah, got that job. My niece was born, and I was like, this is really comfortable. I'm making really good money. I saw, um, at the time, I was only bartending brunch and serving the rest. Like, they could only fit me on the bar at brunch, which is how it used to start out at Bauer, right? You needed a lot of experience and then you kind of worked your way up to the closing shifts. Now right. it's like, I'm training girls. Like, what, what's your, your experience? And they're like, none. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? I've had these people with no fucking experience at all, mm-hmm. no showing their interviews because they've already got a job. Oh like, my goodness. I'm, like, I'm waiting around to interview somebody who doesn't know shit about yeah. anything and they don't even show. And <laughs> I, yeah, it's tough right now. And I resent no. it too because I'm like, what? I had to work brunch for like yeah. four years to get where I am. Actually, it's probably more like six years because I had to wait, you know, like Kim and Danielle were the head bartenders mm-hmm. and I looked up to them and I wanted to do what they were doing and have like the regulars that they had. You know, if I had to take a shift of one of theirs, the regulars would be like, wait, where's Kim? Where's Danielle? And I wanted that for me. Like I wanted people to be like, right. where's Allie? So yeah, they actually taught me like everything that I know. They um, are really great. Yeah, they're both really good. Uh-huh. And you don't get that that often. No. Like, I wonder what's, what's going to happen now, like, that all these green people are, like, what, they've probably been trained by decent people, but mm-hmm. now they're, like, I just feel like as we go through each generation now that people are not coming back to the industry in the same no uh, in the same way that, like, it's just going to be slowly getting worse and worse and greener and greener people working. And, yeah. like, the blind leading the blind. We had a situation at my bar the other day where it was, like, two people with no experience working and we got rocked, and the one one was trying to train the other one, and like my bartender was like, "No, do not listen to them." Yes, <laughs> Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I was there not, when you told you that yeah, story. Yeah, just do not listen to them. No. He's like, "Don't listen to what she said. That's wrong. I can't tell you what to do because I'm so busy." Yeah. Yeah, I I go into every shift training someone, mm-hmm. and then we train someone, and then they can't handle it and they don't like it because Bauer's a big bar. It's, mm-hmm. A lot. We have three-minute chit times. You have to get drinks out fast. You have to get them out good. Mm-hmm. And um, if it's your first bartending job, like when by the time I got to Bauer, I already had a lot of experience under my belt, and it was still intimidating to work there. So I could never imagine just walking in like brand new, right? Trying to learn how, like all of the wine, yeah, all of the cask like we have a cask program and we cask our own classic cocktails mm-hmm. like some people are like i don't know what a negroni is what's a negroni oh, i know it's crazy <laughs> uh, and that's what we're all forced into right now and i'm just mm-hmm. like both of my bars are not like the types of bars that you should should be your first serving no bar. absolutely not so it's just like and i, I actually feel bad for them because sometimes you can just like we had a burlesque night at Sugar Run not too long. It was very busy, and like you could oh, just fun. yeah, it's good. But uh, you could just see the fear in their eyes, like that. totally. <laughs> just like I felt bad for them, but like, what are you gonna do? Sink or swim? Like, let's go. Absolutely. Like, Trust know. me. Even sometimes, still, and Ryan can attest to this. It'll be a Friday night, and I go into work. I've been there for eight years, still with a nervous belly. Like I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what I'm walking into, and is it going to be really hard? I don't know. You just still get nervous, you know, after doing it for so long. Yeah, I don't. I don't know I, if you I, can relate. No, to that. I have not. That did not really happen to me, but uh, I guess it's a good sign. At least I'm being challenged. Yeah, exactly. Right. Still. Like yeah. Uh, and then you also sort of shifted focus a little bit during the pandemic mm-hmm. and started doing your own thing. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So the pandemic hit. That was crazy. I lost, as you know, everyone lost their job. And yeah. um, Ryan and I were 
saving for a house and oh, perfect timing yeah yeah seriously <laughs> we actually bought a house in the middle of the pandemic that was you did crazy yeah wow that's, in that november is crazy. of 2020 you pay, like about two million yeah yeah i do really great that's <laughs> and, yeah no um we were really lucky we ended up purchasing his grandmother's old oh, house so okay. Which I feel That's is, what you kind of put in. Yeah. It's needed inside. You like, do. <laughs> you need there, help. Right? Like yeah, yeah. people need help these days. I don't know how anyone is, per- especially like we purchased in Waterloo. Yeah. There's no way we would have gotten that house without help. So one day I was just sitting at home as I did, <laughs> yep. and I got a text from my GM Cindy, and she it was a screenshot of a Facebook comment on KW. Re- food group or whatever. Oh, I've heard lots of good stuff about that one. Yeah. <laughs> this was good. It was just an inquiry, and it was like, um, does anyone know a mixologist in town? I'm looking to extend my um, company's Christmas gift, and I want to do, like, a night of mixology. And so Cindy sent it to me, and she was like, you'd be perfect for this. And I was like, well, I don't have Facebook. Can you reply? <laughs> yeah. I have it now, but I didn't. I deleted it then. And I was like, can you reply? And give them my email. And so the lady reached out to me and Bauer had already kind of pivoted during the lockdown and started doing like to go cocktails and cocktail kits. So I already knew how to put together a cocktail kit. And luckily, um, Ryan, my boyfriend, he works for the charcoal group and he's a graphic designer. So he helped me. I don't know how I would have been able to start this business without him. Mm -hmm. He helped me design all the cocktail cards and we did a mixology night for her group and I put together all these kits with cards and all the organic ingredients and like little mini bottles of Maker's Mark and I taught them to make two cocktails. I think one was a smoked old fashioned so they smoked their own cocktails at home. And how did you, like, what were they smoking them with? So when we put this cocktail on the menu at Bauer, we received a smoking gun and in like three nights broke it. Yeah, those things don't last for No, they don't. So then we got creative and we took a mesh strainer and a snifter. So you put the, we smoke our cocktails with chai wood chips and we get Mm -hmm. them from Distinctly Tea, our neighbor. So it's tea, like chai tea, but the the wood chips, like loose leaf, I guess you could say. And so you put the wood chips in the bottom of the mesh strainer, put the sniffer upside down on top, and then light underneath, oh, and gotcha. it smokes it. Oh. So you don't need a smoking gun or yeah, a cool smoker. Those fucking things, like, I well, I think I bought, like, 15 of them over the And they're not years. cheap. <laughs> yeah. no, no, they're not cheap. Yeah. And so... I remember smoking out the white rabbit with one of those one time when I was looking for you. You're smoking weed? Uh, <laughs> Could you smoke weed? Have you ever tried to smoke weed out of that? No. It looks like... No, it would work. Yeah, it does look like it would work. Yeah. That's the same, pro- the same premise, right? Yeah, like, and our guests make yeah. those jokes all the time. Like, oh, yeah, you should yeah. put your weed in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm like, maybe one, one day. That's yeah. another good yeah. one. Yeah. Recycle <laughs> jokes all the time. Oh, I hated it. I'm like, oh, I'll bring out the chef. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so that's cool. So then, so they were all smoking their own cocktails yeah. at home. And, and so you did this all over Zoom, I'm assuming? Yeah, all over yeah. Zoom. And then, and I did it app hour. So... Bauer completely supported me throughout this whole thing. So the first one went off great, and I had so much fun. I hope the people who were doing it had a lot of fun. I was like, well, I could do this, like, as a business. Mm -hmm. So I just made an Instagram, Alchemist Alley, if you want to follow it. Alchemist Alley, (laughs) yep. So how do you feel about this new bar coming into town that's named um, Alchemist? Yeah, what is that? Is that... Is there an exante good one? There's an E on the end, so that's why I, I call it that. I don't know if that's how yeah. you're supposed to pronounce well, it. Well, everyone thinks that I'm going to be working there, but oh. it's just a coincidence. Luckily, I came out first. Yeah. So that's good for my ego because I don't want to be copying anybody. But. I'm very uh, curious about that place because they have, you've obviously seen it. Yeah. Um, well, it's right the, across the street. Right. From oh, Bauer. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So they have. All these paintings in the window. Have you seen it, Dan? Oh, I sure have. Is there paintings in the window? So they, it's like, and you can tell they're just like, well, how do we appeal to everybody? So it's like, one. But no, because you have to be a member. Oh, right. So there's no oh, appealing to anyone. Club. But, but just with their advertising, like the, one, the one painting is like the classic fucking mixologist, right? Right. Like, and then there's like a, a woman 
playing guitar with a wine bottle. And then, <laughs> and then other other cars. It's like, it's photos. a fucking puppy dog on a lounge chair. I'm like, that's like, you know what else people like? Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that would get mean. And it's, yeah. I love a good dog. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's opening fall 2021, there have been no progress whatsoever on construction. And it's yeah, a membership right? Club. And like, a, you know what else? In that condo, there's a whole couple of floors that are more like hotel rooms. Like it's kind of like an uh, Airbnb for like about apparently uh, I think thirty or forty forty of the units in there. Mm. So that way you get room service. That's part of the selling point of that whole fucking thing. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to be working there. <laughs> so yeah. So you started doing as well. Uh, so now you started this whole Alchemist Alley. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. What's what like? What's it all about? Yeah, so I did the mixology throughout lockdown on Mm. Zoom. And now that we're opening up and people are more comfortable, I started doing private bartending, um, dipping my toe in the to-go cocktails. Um, Luckily, I have Ryan by my side, so we've been doing custom labels. So recently, I just had um, an engagement party, and I did some cocktails for them, and it had their names on it, and they worked with me to design the label. And they had their own custom drinks, like for him and her. I just have like a full quick follow-up question there though. Like, mm-hmm. do you think that like during these times of COVID, like where everything has to be very sanitary, that dipping your toe in the cocktail before you sell is a good <laughs> move? Or? Well, it's like signature that way. <laughs> That's right. That's the alchemist alley touch. Yeah, you get the touch, the toe touch. Some people might be into that. Uh, so yeah, you started doing to-go cocktails. Yeah. And uh, so how are those sales for those going? So I just started, I actually actually just um, got a liquor license with my friend, Celine. She owns a grazing table, KW. Mm-hmm. It's charcuterie boards, and she has a storefront. So I, want, I looked into getting my own liquor license. Bauer has their own to-go program going, so I need to do something separate. Right. But you can't get a liquor license unless you have a social house, right? They're mm-hmm. not going to just give it to me, and I can make cocktails in my kitchen. Like, that's right. just not legit. So now with Celine... I'm able to use her liquor license. And then our goal is to sell, you know, it's a one-stop shop for an event. You go get a charcuterie box, get your to-go custom cocktail, and then you bring it as a gift, like a hosting gift or... Yeah, that's great. For, you know, engagement parties or weddings, whatever it may be. I found that with our to-go cocktail program, things were going really well during the lockdown Mm because people really wanted to support you. But then as soon as, like... We reopened. Right. People just stopped giving a shit. Yeah. And it was like, oh, they're fine now. We don't need to be fine. No, totally. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, people probably are like, I don't want to make my own cocktail. Like, I'm going to go yeah. have someone who knows what they're doing make it, which I can understand. Also, sure. making cocktails at home is so messy. I hate doing it. Yeah. I like making it at the bar when I have my glass washer and my full bar, but at home, I'm like, oh my gosh, who wants to be meddling? We actually did, uh, we got interviewed for uh, the Alcoholaholics podcast, mm-hmm. and we did it here, and uh, we were, that part of the deal was we had to make them cocktails. Well, we got to make them cocktails, that would make it sound like we didn't want to. <laughs> we had but to. We had to. <laughs> Slave away. <laughs> but, uh, Can't believe it. Uh, oh, by the way, we should shout out that podcast. It's awesome. You guys should listen to it. Yeah, they super fun. What's yeah. it called? The Alcoholaholics. Yeah. Oh, nice. Alcohol-aholics. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, they're lovely women. Yeah, we um, started the podcast off with a shot. Yeah. Oh, just like today. <laughs> exactly. Those, I think I like these guys. Those ladies have some serious equipment, though, man. They yeah. were, we, 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 we were looking bad after that. Yeah, they, yeah, they set up like... Yeah, <laughs> like, like mics and everything. Oh, yeah, like little... Isolation little booths for everyone. Yeah. You guys and will they, get there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we made cocktails for them. And after I was done, I was like, what is it? I don't remember being this messy when I was bartending, but it's it's something about doing it in your house. Like you don't have, you can't, it's not easy to rinse everything out. You don't have your ice well, like all the stuff that you set up for, right? Yeah, totally. Um, uh, Let's talk a little bit about Bauer because you have been there for a while now Mm -hmm. and you're pretty much like the main bartender there. Yeah, Yeah? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I work full time Monday through Friday. Yeah. Curiosity, how many people work there at that location? I have no idea. I wish. You know what? I used to have nightmares, server nightmares, where I'd go into work, and I wouldn't know anyone, and that's now come true. (laughs) I I literally go into work, and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know anybody here. So I really don't know a lot of people. We do have a big roster, for sure. But it's we used to have um, a really low turnover rate um, when I actually got hired eight years ago. I was new for a full year before anyone else got hired. And anyone who had been there had been there three years plus. Wow. So it's kind of hard to move up and that's... It was definitely hard to move up. But now it's, you know, with the pandemic, just I don't know what it is. If 
people don't want to serve anymore. There's yeah, scared. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> people don't want the fucking job. Uh, right, uh, but you know, but why is that? Uh, I think that. Well, my theory is that mostly people just realize how quickly it can go away. Like if it's like basically they, everybody lost their jobs just on a, due to a virus, right? Mm-hmm. So I think people got scared and were like, I need to find something maybe a little bit more stable where like if something like this happens again, I can like Dan was able to work through the whole thing because he works from home. Right. right. Same so, with Ryan. He yeah. could work through the whole thing. Yeah. I definitely I'm thinking about getting into like real estate. <laughs> yeah, because your plate just needs to get full, more full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Have two bars. Yeah. Let me yeah. just. Okay, I don't sleep, so no, it's fine. I, well, well, the idea would be to get rid of the fucking bars. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> sell them. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'll never go into anything else. But oh, okay. yeah, but like it's just. Um, but it, it, I think people did find it to be like sort of an unstable existence, right? And, yeah. I, and I do think that. And now the money's not as good as it used to be, obviously, because you're... Oh, I don't find that. Oh, you don't? Oh, no. Good. Well, I also, I think I've worked there long enough to get those shifts where, you know, I work four right. till midnight, five days a week. And Bauer, we're so lucky with the residents around there. I have it's pretty good so area. many regulars, just as much as I had at Molly Bloom's, but right. with a bigger pocketbook than yeah, Molly Bloom's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they really love to come down and support us and... That's good. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. I I don't know what it would be like for other, like, newer people. Well, I think it's just, like, hour. it's sort of, like, you're in a good spot there, like you said, mm-hmm. because there's all those condos around there, and they're coming yeah. in. But, like, for a lot of bars, it's just, I feel like people aren't coming out as often. Yeah. And so Saving you, their money. Yeah, you're just slower, right? Like, yeah. most places are slower. You're, you're, you are lucky you're in a good spot there that it's that doesn't really affect you. But Yeah, oh, yeah. I, uh and counting my blessings for sure. But I think that there. once the money starts coming back, and it will, like once we are going to see the other side of this fucking thing eventually, right? Yeah. So like then people are going to be out again. And then once, I think these people who went into day jobs or whatever, who aren't built for that kind of work and are going to come back because they're going to be like, oh shit, the money's back. Then, you know. Did I, you ever imagine working a nine to five office job? Yeah, I did it for two years. It, it was, I don't have to imagine it. I, have, I still have nightmares about it. Yeah. <laughs> that is just it. not for me. I mean, I know eventually when I want to have children, working four till midnight might not be ideal, but. Um, That's what Ryan's for. Don't worry about it. Well, it's gonna, actually, it might be great for um, daycare because we wouldn't need it. Because, yeah. you know, I would be home all day. He'd be home all night. But yeah. I'd be exhausted. But I just, I know my personality and, like, being behind the bar, talking to people. Mm. That fills me up more than I could never imagine sitting at a computer all day. Even with this Alchemist Alley thing, I was on the computer all the time, you know, responding to emails and booking events and making cocktails, whatever I was doing. I couldn't, like, imagine that nine to five. Yeah, it's uh, and I, but you're gonna obviously have more of that now that you're like have your own business. So there's, yeah. you spend, I spent a lot, way too much fucking time on my phone. It's like, yeah, by the end of the, like, I hate that. You know when the, your phone gives you the you oh screen my time god, your the screen week? time. I'm like, Fuck man, I'm gonna. It's no wonder I'm going blind. Like, <laughs> no, really, I had to go get glasses. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we talked about this yeah, when yeah. you were at Bauer. Yeah. Uh, so they yeah. look good on you. <sighs> Well, they do. Thanks. I, I think you're you kind of have to say that because you're on the show, but uh, no, we'll I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't compliment you. I was very uh, uncomfortable wearing them. I'd never worn glasses in my life, and then like now, all of a sudden, I kind of have to wear them. But they're just for the reading part, like yeah. Uh, so I got this guy to make me some sort of off the books glasses where it's clear at the top and mm-hmm. just uh, um, progressives. Yeah, yeah. But he told me he wasn't supposed to do it, so. Oh. Yeah, I did. Well, let us know how your eyes feel. Yeah, exactly, right? I'm like, why are you telling me here? Uh, where was this? Make sure I don't go there. It's actually the guy who rents us our patio yeah. space for Sugar Run. <laughs> Not an optometrist. Yeah. Uh, just some random guy who owns an alley. I know. <laughs> Andy, okay, let's talk about your, um, the, you were saying you were doing some sort of private bartending events. So how do you yeah. like, how do you like doing that? I love it. Yeah? Because mm-hmm. it's a little bit different than like being behind the bar and talking to a bunch of different people. You're kind of like more like... Yeah, I can charge more. Oh, yeah. So I love... <laughs> yeah, so that, that part's good. Yeah, that part's really good. I get paid more than $12 an hour to do it. So right. I don't even know what minimum wage is for a bartender. But yeah, I do like it a lot. And it's fun because the people who've hired me, I know. Like, right. Like somehow, right? So 
I do like that. Long hours though, right? And you're in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just you. Like you don't Yeah, like well, I say it's just me, but then I somehow rope Ryan into yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he loves me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's my the best bar back ever. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, like, you know, the full setup, takedown, I have to bring everything. Um, I get the guests to supply the alcohol because, again, I sure. don't have a license to supply people with alcohol. So mm -hmm. I just bartend their events. And the most recent one I did was in someone's backyard, and they lived in Mannheim. And it was just oh, cool. like a stunning backyard. And they yeah. had a bar, like a full-blown bar, then like a wet bar. So I had a nice well, and it was just... It was a lot of fun. Nice. But then you get through the whole night, and you're like, I did this to all these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're having so much fun in someone's backyard, and I'm like, ah. I'm just going to start pouring them drinks with nothing in it, like no alcohol in it. <laughs> so do you, like, do, like, a feature cocktail when you go? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, again, like, the bride and the groom went through my menu, and they um, picked a cocktail, the like, signature cocktail for him and her, and... That was available, and then I, they had, like, the whole well, and so, yeah, people were, like, on. late night asking for old fashions, so I brought my Yari pitcher and did up old fashions for people. Nice. Yeah, it was a good time. So to, so you have, like, a set, like, sort of Alchemist Alley mint cocktail yeah. list? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I didn't know that. So, yeah. I, like, how did, you, how did you come about, like, how did you form the list? Like, I, I'm always really interested, but we, we have a lot of bartenders on here, and I always sort of want to get at, like, what? What is it that you think makes a good cocktail list? Like what? Totally. Yeah. So I, I start by like ordering a bunch of cocktail books and reading them. Um, my favorite one is Death & Co. Mm -hmm, Do you mm -hmm, have it? Mm -hmm. it's, it's just nice to read. So I don't like it's reading. It's basically the Bible, right? Like, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't like reading at all. I don't read books. Oh, I, yeah, you told me that the other day. Yeah, like, I know. Oh, which is a bold statement, but I just don't. Like I get so bored or just sidetracked and I don't like... So when I read a cocktail book, I'm interested in it, right? That's why people say school isn't good unless you're going for something you enjoy, right? right? Then you're interested and you're more devoted. So I read those. I kind of pull trends from, I follow a bunch of bartenders on Instagram, and I get trends of, like, what's cool right now. And then I make cocktails off of that. Mm. And I make sure I don't copy anything because right, that's just sure. embarrassing yeah. and I'm you'll always get caught. Yeah. Like, someone's going to know. Yeah, for sure. And then I also include some of um, Bauer's top-selling cocktails okay. on there as well. So I have a gin, a vodka, tequila, and a bourbon in a rum section, and then people can just choose whatever their tastes are. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so how many total on your list? I probably do, like, if I could bring it up. I have it in my files here. Well, yeah, there's probably like four or five per... Um, per section? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. And so typically if you're going to like a private party, how, like, did you say, okay, you can get the whole list or you have like, do you try and pare it down like you can have this many or whatever? No, I send them the mm. list and then they choose one or two. One or two, yeah. Yeah, and then I make sure I have all the ingredients, like I bring all that stuff, mm -hmm. minus the alcohol, um, mm. but all the organic ingredients. And then even with the mixology classes, I send them that list. Actually, this list that I have, I need to switch up because it's very um, spring-summer. Mm. But, yeah, I would like to do it seasonally. Like, no one, like I have a dragon fruit daiquiri on here. That's awesome for summer, but you're not going to want that in December. Yeah, probably. So yeah. I need to switch that up. But, yeah, even with the mixology events, they go through, and I tell people, you know, the course is an hour, so pick three to four cocktails that you like, and I'll teach you how to make those. And... It was really good during the lockdown because sure. we were all doing those things like, um, what was that one party house or whatever, house party? Did you ever do that during no, the lockdown? It's like uh, Zoom, but on your phone, and it's an app, and you all just, like, log into House Party. You can, like, join people's parties if they're on the app. Oh, like people was, you don't know? No, you know them. Oh, yeah. Like, they all have to be on the app, and you add them as a friend. Got to. And then it, during the lockdown, we would just drink together, but in our own homes. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of dull, right? Like, you get on, and everyone's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, well, no one's doing anything. There's not much to talk about. So this Zoom thing was really great during the pandemic mm -hmm. because I was the icebreaker. You learned how to make four cocktails. Now you're tipsy. Right. And now I sign out and I leave whoever contacted me or hired me. I make them the host and then they can continue on their oh, Zoom cool. night together and they have a little bit of a buzz on. So yeah, it's like easy, yeah, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, I know what you mean too, because it's a little. I, I did one of those during like the first lockdown with these people I know from Detroit, and like they're like in a band together, and I. I, I, it's like, oh, why don't you join our band practice? Is that we do band practice now? And I was, it was really awkward. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you know, it's just like it sitting is. around talking. You put the cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that too is why I wanted to do this in person because yeah. it is awkward a little mm-hmm. bit on a screen, right? You can't. There's yeah, no we're pretty like, used to it now. Like for the, it's it's not so bad for like a straight one-on-one interview. Right. But when you got a bunch of people on, it's talking good. over each other, yeah, knowing yeah. like you say something, but the mic didn't pick it up because so and so's talking. Like. Yeah. That's how we had to do our family Christmas this year. It was terrible. And I feel like also people, there's a lot of silence because everybody's afraid about starting to talk in case somebody else is starting to talk. So you're just sort of sitting there and like nobody's saying anything. I'm like, oh, this Mm. is a great time. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to turn this off and put Netflix back on. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to talk to you people. Like, I'm already in a fucking funk of depression here, all right? I don't need to stare at a bunch of people who aren't saying anything. No. Yeah, so that's where I come in. If I wanted to do that, I'll hang out with my (laughs) stepkid. <laughs> Does he listen to the podcast? <laughs> no. Oh, fuck. I don't think. I, I, I think he knows it exists, but because yeah. <laughs> I leave the house every Monday night. Oh, right, right. <laughs> uh, oh, man. No, not, not his interest. Um, <laughs> How old is he? He's 16. Yeah, he doesn't think you're cool. No, not no. at all. <laughs> <coughs> Nobody's cool. No, uh, just him and his buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he also, they also don't think you know anything. That's the oh, thing yeah. I discovered. And I totally remember from when I was his age that I thought, felt the exact same way. Oh, that I yeah. knew everything about everything and nobody else knew shit, especially yeah. if they were older than me. Because how the fuck would anyone older than me know more than me? Or your parents, <laughs> especially your parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I apologized to my mom when I was like 24, like, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> especially like... At least he's a son. Like, women, yeah. daughters are tough. Are they? Oh, yeah. We go through a lot of hormones around 16. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes us crazy. Yeah, and it yeah. never really leaves. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. We're always crazy. There's, uh, getting a lot of information here. Yeah. This yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very, I, yeah, self-aware. Uh, well, this has been fun, Allie. Thanks for coming on and doing this. It was, like, uh, it was great to do it in person again. And I'm... Um, I'm going to see you very soon because I pretty much am one of your regulars. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love that, though. Yeah, yeah. Every Monday you come in before your right. podcast. Yeah. So one more time, the uh, Instagram link to find you? It's Alchemist Alley. So alchemist.alley. Ah, yeah, we'll have a link to that in the show notes as always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check out Alley. And uh, actually, once we stop recording here, I think I might have a gig for you. Oh, okay, yeah, so, amazing. So, so, I always like to about always these podcasts turn into like business because I'm always like that. stealing fucking ideas from people. And, like, no, that's so cool. Yeah. I'm so down. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks again, Allie. Thanks for coming. Thank down you to, for having me. Thanks to, for asking me uh, to be on this. Place. Yeah, this is my first ever podcast. Hopefully oh, really? I did okay. Yeah, yeah, you're great. Awesome. You're, you're a natural. Yeah. Really? This is a next thing. She's going to have her own podcast. We're going to be out of fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I have you as a guest. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs>